Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 22nd. I'm Boston, and this is It Speaks. So yesterday I had kind of a shock as I was working through my, you know, took taking a look at my general finances and getting an assessment of health, and you know, I, I had a realization, you know, that I, I didn't think that I didn't think that the amount of things you'd be juggling would be so many, um, you know, and some some might say, oh well, you just got too many this that or the other, and. Uh, I don't think that argument is perfectly, perfectly accurate, uh, because you know even if I were to pare down the necessities, uh, a lot of people want a lot of things from my pocketbook, and I feel like that's kind of fairly normalish. Like I've got my own differences, my own things that separate me from others, but uh, you know some people don't have you know student loans and things like that to keep track of but I'd, I'd argue at this point probably a good portion of people do but all those things considered um, I had no idea that there would be so many different plates to keep spinning and uh, that it does cause me a reasonable amount of stress it brings to the forefront questions about how life scales and so like that's that's kind of a general way to explain a more complicated issue but I imagine there are lots and lots of people with situations more complicated than my own to the point where perhaps they hire somebody to handle a lot of this kind of stuff and I imagine there's a lot of people with a much less complicated situation and I think the important thing to think there is there's people on both sides, of, or, you know, all three sides of that argument, mine, those less complicated, and those more complicated, uh, that, and that happiness in life trends independently of those things, like people with less to manage, people with less things going on, people with many more things going on. I don't think this is an accurate you know, an accurate proxy for, like, happiness in life is the amount of things you're doing, the, the, the things that you've got going on. And, uh, you know, it, it brings it brings to the forefront questions of, like, what is enough? And, and so when I say, how does life scale? Uh, it's the comparison between, you know, say that you find somebody earning, you know, enough to get by in a place that doesn't require much, but they're, let's say, for the benefit of our thought experiment, just as happy as, like, a Jeff Bezos type would be. Now, I'm not saying either one of those people are necessarily happy, but I am, I'm assuming at this point that they're relatively, you know, about the same in their mindset. It kind of makes me think that if the amount of financial success, right, clearly one of those people would be considered more financially successful. 
it really begs the question, you know, is there a correlation between financial success and life success? And I think that's probably only true to a certain point. To the point where, like, you start seeing things like leisure and luxury spending and things that you don't have to do. You're not obligated any anymore. But even then, at what point luxuries are considered luxuries is purely... Not purely, but heavily subjective. So it kind of it kind of gives me a lot to think about there. You know, if I didn't live my life the way I lived my life, of course I could still be happy. At least that's maybe what I think. I'm not sure. If you've got, uh, like, a, will say this again later, but if you've got any comments, questions, or just you know, disagree with me entirely, feel free to leave me a message at the link in the description on this episode. I'm just a guy who likes to say stuff, and uh, I'm certain to be wrong more often than I am right, but my run-in on my personal finance checkup yesterday certainly gave me some kind of moments to think about scaling what's important in life. It made me ask myself, what is enough? You know. Uh, let's see what else is on the list here. So, two days ago, I binge watched a Netflix show that I think is really noteworthy. I watched the Squid Game. It's a Korean like thriller drama. There's moments that are funny, but almost in like a cathartic like you have to laugh or be happy at this because like the situation is so bad even something that's really grim can be happy uh and it, it twisted me up man i'm not i'm not gonna lie it was it was pretty uh pretty emotional for me because you know the the i'm gonna do my best to avoid spoilers but there's gonna be some so spoiler alert but it seems to me that it's focused around the story of a few individuals, though there's hundreds that decide to play this game. And it's supposedly completely voluntary. Uh, well, see, now there's a question. I don't think it's completely voluntary. It's like majoritarian. So, the premise of the show is a bunch of desperate people are approached and told... They can play children's games where the losers are killed or die, but there's going to be a ton of money on the line for the winner. We've all heard this story before, but the twist is this is supposedly voluntary and has a strict focus on like egalitarianism. So cheating or bending the rules or taking an unfair advantage are essentially punishable by death. Uh by the people that run the game because their premise is you can't sway the outcome beyond the skill levels of the individuals involved. So, there's elements of majoritarianism, uh, there's elements of, like, uh, like the, I almost hate to say it this way, but like the vicissitudes of over-egalitarianism, uh, and then there's, like, another angle, which... I think is probably the most important one is like humanity and morality, which is I think is the overarching kind of 
driving force behind the show. It follows people who generally have had moral lapses of catastrophic amounts, you know, just terrible moral losses, and um, shows their progression through these games, the ones that survive, and gives insight and and it, I think it creates like impossibly traumatic situations and theorizes what human morality would look like in those conditions, you know, where you're choosing teammates for an upcoming game and, you know, you think those teammates are going to be people that you're playing with against the opposition, which would be another team. But then it you know turns out you're competing against the people you chose to be on your team. And it creates just a terrible, impossible situation where your own self-preservation butts up against the care you have for the bonds that you've made in life. Uh, people became evil out of a desire to preserve the self. And you know you have a really hard time suggesting that people should not have done that you know like you just can't be like hey look you shouldn't have you know tricked that guy into losing you know that that doesn't hardly that hardly seems like a game of skill it seems like you might have lied and you know you shouldn't have done that because now you know lying is bad and you just you know, the result of you lying was that a guy you thought was your friend is dead. It presents a unique take. Uh, well, can't even argue that it's that unique. And we've seen lots of movies like this. You know, when I told my, my wife and, and my brother about it, they're like, oh, it's just like, you know, this movie or that movie. And, you know, it, it is. It's It's not unique on that front. But... I don't even know if there's like a redeeming quality for it at all. I haven't really seen those other movies. But what I can say is is that that movie definitely, you know, tore me up a little bit. And uh, especially the way that you see this main character who's a gambler and, and a thief and, and you know, just, just altogether a, a morally bad person have a change of heart when he you know, decides to play, which the first time he did for selfish reasons. Then they agree to suspend the games, which they can do because there's a majoritarian element, they say. If the majority votes to end the games, you go home. And they made it like, you know, barely, the vote barely passed and they went home. Then when they decided to go back, he, you know, was he was driven by like his mother and his, you know, improving his station in life and making things better for his, you know, his family and his friends. And he seems to be this main character, seems to be one of the only ones that, you know, feels not one of the only, well, yeah, one of the only ones that argue that, that feels like his sense of morality and his sense of humanity are like worth preserving. In this process. And, uh, yeah, you'll have to watch to see how all that plays out. That's really what's important. Like, the story's been told a bazillion times, the concepts have been portrayed a zillion times, but the way it's portrayed and the way the characters kind of play off each other, 
it kind of makes it something good and unique, I think. So, that's something that's on my radar. So, next on the list for today, um, I saw a TikTok yesterday uh, that was really kind of eye-opening. Um, it was... It was a, a soldier of some sort. I couldn't recognize what branch they were on. I really wasn't paying attention, I have to be honest. I was more focused on the content they were creating. Uh, the premise of it was that, you know, he walks up with a pizza just sitting on a piece of cardboard. And he goes, what would you do if someone delivered a pizza to your house like this? You wouldn't accept it, would you? You know, you'd be breathing all over it. You know, probably be cold. It'd, be, it'd just be disgusting. And then he looked at the pizza box and he goes, look at this box. What value does this box have? What does it do? What does the box do? You know, outside of its, uh, you know, outside of its role. Uh, you know, you can buy that box for, you know, 10 to 30 cents. And it doesn't provide much value to anyone unless it's doing something. Something is in the box. And that adds a ton of value to that. 30 cent box, best case scenario. Right? People want that box. It means something. So the argument here they're trying to make is that we should look into what we're putting in our box, which, you know, uh, iffy nature of the verbiage and word choice aside, what we're doing to give ourselves value added, you know, through the things that we choose to do, the associations that we make. Uh, and the, the argument contained in there that he says is, is you know, A, what do you put in your box? Uh, B, where's the value added? So, I think something important as a takeaway is to, you know, kind of deconstruct, well, reconstruct his, his breakdown of this premise of self-worth, how it's derived, and how you improve it. Compare it back to, you know, your own life. So, think... If I'm the pizza box, what is the pizza? Right? And then, like, the self-worth would be the price of the pizza box or the pizza inside the pizza box as a whole, the whole deal. Right? But what is the pizza? What are you putting inside your pizza box that gives your pizza box value? And um, it kind of played to my dabbling in economics it, it played with my you know my tendencies to enjoy conversations about philosophy and a lot of different things so it's a pretty simple analogy that I'm sure many people have heard but uh, I really like it so I wanted to share that with you guys so I have a challenge for you guys today this is gonna be something that I'm gonna try and do this is on my radar and I'll probably talk to you guys about it tomorrow so my challenge for today is going to be to identify and admit a bad behavior uh, or something I'd like to change during the day, and then tonight I'm going to write a plan to handle it, right? That two-step process of honestly and intentionally recognizing a fault, shortcoming, or a place where improvement is needed and being honest with yourself, that's it's like so important. You can... You know, couch for yourself. You can try and make things comfortable. You know, you can not admit the full truth because you're afraid or because you don't want to sound like you're not on your own team. But realistically, if you're a critic, not 
you know, not hitting yourself, being harmful to yourself, but just being a critic, right? Being critical, looking to find, looking to find issues and then combine that critical nature with a desire to improve and the, you know, and the, the skills and willpower to make it happen, which is not much I know about, but we're going to try anyways. Um, that's the angle. So tonight I'm going to write a plan to handle an issue that I detect today. And I will tell you what I come up with tomorrow. If you guys, uh, if you guys do want to share anything or have anything you'd like to say about it, there's a link in the description where you can leave the show a message. So, thanks for listening. If you have thoughts regarding today's episode or want to help, you know, you want help with something, and I don't know that I necessarily am, I'm not certified to help with anything, but I will try. Uh, send me a voice message at the link in the description. If I can help or the comment is poignant, I will play it on the show. Stay safe. Talk to you tomorrow.